Welcome to IGM Guru. IGM Guru is one of the global leading online training and certification provider for IT experts by the skilled IT gurus to help them achieve their professional goals. This is complete your host and dinner for the day. And uh, can please confirm on the chat window I'm audible to all of you. That would be really great. I want to confirm by all of you that I'm audible to each one of you. Thank you, Vigny, for your confirmation. Uh, so, guys, uh, today we are giving a demo on on the, the course content what we intend to cover in future on Big Data Analytics. So Big Data Analytics is a course which covers both Hadoop and Spark. So we have a Hadoop ecosystem framework. Right now, which I'm going to put it up. So this entire Hadoop ecosystem, we are going to cover most of the topics here. Like uh, we will be covering SDFS, Yarn, and Kings uh, Group, Fake Uzi, Hive, HBase, and also we would be covering Spark. But why do we require Hadoop system? Let us understand that first. So Hadoop is actually an open source ecosystem, or you can say written in Java, where we can use and this system, this framework to handle big data. Uh, so, and uh, to handle big data in such a way that we can easily store and process large volumes of data, and that too coming in different forms. So when we talk about big data sets, let us also briefly understand what we mean by big data. Big data basically talks about uh, certain parameters like uh, is having four different Bs, to be defined as four different Bs. Uh, like probably we call it as a volume because there's a large scale of data which is being collected in today's world from different sources. So when we say large volumes of data, it means that the data is being collected in huge sites, maybe ranging from terabytes to petabytes. And dealing with such huge volume of data is not an easy, easy task. For example, I cannot store large volumes of data on my current database. So when I'm not able to store and process these large volumes of data on the current applications, then these data sets can be termed as big data. So big data can be defined as a term to large and complex when it becomes difficult to process them using your normal data processing application. So one of the features of big data is about the volume part where we talk about large scale of data. So whatever data storage I maintain in my framework, it should be a scalable framework so that I can add more and more data to work in my framework. Because in nowadays we speak about volumes of data is increasing every day because that is the only thing which is constant. The size of data is bound to increase every day. Every day we are, we are collecting large volumes of data and we are storing the data. So we need to store as much as possible so that we can process to the minute of detail and get the meaningful insight from the data. Second, B stands for variety. Now variety talks about different forms of data where we can understand the data being collected in different forms. For example, primarily we have data stored coming from RDBMS, that is a structured data, and different other data like semi-structured or consistent data. So likewise, we have different uh, characteristics. I'm not diving deep into each of these characteristics today. 
but these four wheels define your big data the the form of data we are using as big data so my data could be large it can be complex it could be coming at a very high speed as a velocity and when i use such data sets to process my i would be storing it and processing it and extracting some meaningful insight that meaningful drawing of meaningful insight is actually called big data analytics so big data analytics is nothing but a processing you can go into a lot of processes and extracting some valuable insight from the data or you can say actionable insight from the data in such a way that we can use that information for our further plans or for the marketing or further strategy in the company now whatever information we can find out we can find out a lot of trends or you can say any business information which can help us for a practical or for for a working purpose now there are different processes and different ways to handle such big data analytics one of them is your hadoop frameworks now here we have a hadoop framework ecosystem where i can easily talk about different i can collect different volumes of data very easily into my system and i can process this data very easily so sbfs is the is the bottom layer where you can collect large volumes of data and store in a hadoop system very easily so when i talk about volumes of data large volumes of data what does that mean it means that i am collecting uh, any amount of data and i can keep it on sbfs my sbfs basically stands for distributed file system for hadoop so when i'm storing my data on hadoop file system i'm not storing my data as a single as a single file first of all hadoop file system or hadoop ecosystem is not about having one machine in your system so whenever you talk about hadoop you talk about hadoop as a hadoop cluster so the first thing you need to understand here the hadoop is normally open in terms of cluster it's not about a single machine anymore so we create a cluster a cluster can be defined as group of machines working together in a network and so that we can easily use the services of each machine to store our data and to process our data for example if i'm having 100 nodes cluster and each of these nodes have a capacity to store 20 terabytes then easily we can store around 2000 terabytes of data on the cluster that is equal to 2 terabytes so likewise if i want to increase the capacity of my cluster i can simply add more nodes at run time without disturbing the current cluster so that is one important part of hadoop you can increase the the scalability or the storage capacity of the cluster at any point in time now how the files are stored on hadoop cluster the files are stored in a distributed way distributed way means that you are storing the data uh, you are storing the data not on a single node rather we are spreading the data on multiple nodes for example if i take a 10 gb file a 10 gb file i want to upload on my hadoop cluster i would be easily able to first split this data into smaller chunks so we have a formula to split the data which is called block size the block size happens to be a property whereby you can split your data and you can then allow you to spread or distribute the data on multiple nodes so i'm having a 100 node cluster in my system 100 separate physical machines and i want to upload a 10 gb data file on this hadoop node hadoop cluster you can see 
So my block size happens to be 128 MB, which is a default value. So that means what? It means that when I'm uploading my data on Hadoop, I will be first hitting the data in the multiples of 128. If I divide 10 GB data by 128 MB file size or a block size, I would get so many small files or part files. AC part files I'll get. Or you can make call them as splits. AC part files or AC splits. Now each of these split or part files would be stored separately on each of these nodes. In a way, I'm, I'm first splitting my data, a big file, I'm splitting my data, and then I'm distributing that data on multiple nodes. So by doing so, what are we what are we achieving here? What is the main purpose? Why do we split the data? We split the data so that each of these files can be processed very easily, very quickly in the system. That is the main crux of any Hadoop application or Hadoop product. We are here not to store our data in Hadoop. We are here to process the data because when we talk about large volumes of data, it is very difficult to process these data sets in very quick time. Nowadays, when you talk about large tables and large data sets in Oracle database or any other database, they are taking a lot of time to get processed. And that too for one query. If we have to run like many queries on that data set, imagine how much time we are spending on that. So we can use Hadoop as a framework to process this data in a parallel way or a distributed way. Now how does parallel processing take place? Now if I have a file, for example here, having a file of thousand records and I'm splitting this file into four splits. So I'm I'm basically having four splits being created. Each split will be kept on a separate mode. Let us design uh, on mode one. I'm having data from record number one to two fifty. On node two, I'm having data from two fifty one to five hundred. And on node three, I'm having data from five zero one to seven fifty record. And on node four, I'm having the balance data from 751 to 1000. So I'm splitting my data on four separate nodes. Physical data being split and data oh, really? being distributed. Now the table, the data, the thousand record, the structure of this table can be like this. You can have a sales table. And uh, the table structure would be like, you have a customer ID and you have the amount. I'm just picking up these two columns in the sales table. I'm not targeting any now on this table data, I need to run some query. So the data will be stored on on four separate in the distributed way. So first one, two fifty records are kept on node one. The next two fifty records are kept on node two, and so on. Now on this distributed data, I will be running a query. So as a user, when I run the query, I need to how my data is stored on the system. So that part is taken care by the framework itself. So when I run a query, I want to find the total sales. I want to find the total sales done by the by the company in the table, whatever data we have in the sales table. So normally for to run this query, I'll be running this simple query. Select sum of sales, sum of amount from the table sales. Table sales, right? 
and this will give me the result. So I'll be able to get the output easily when I run this query. But how it happens? Because the data is not stored on a single table. It is distributed on multiple nodes. So when I run this query, what actually happens is that this query will get executed on the same node where my data blocks are stored. And this feature is called data locality. For Hadoop. In data locality, what does it mean? I am processing my data on the same node where my data is stored. So that same node becomes now a computational node. Now when I am firing this query, this query will get fired to each of these nodes independently. So I am firing a query on each of these nodes parallelly and simultaneously. It is not going to get processed one node. So that is one big thing. I am processing all these data at the same time. Now when I run this query on this on these four nodes parallelly, certainly they are going to produce some intermediate results. For example, I got A as a value output from node 1, I got a value B from node 2, I got a value C from node 3, and I got a value D from node 4. In this way, I am able to process my data, but up till now we have done only partial processing because I am not getting the complete answer. I am able to process each of these 250 records and getting an intermediate output of that particular node data on Now, the second process starts in Hadoop and that is what we call consolidation consolidation process here. And here we are going to keep, going to combine all the data A plus B plus C plus D on a different node. And we are going to put it up. So my total on a final, on a different node, you can say, I'll be adding up the total data and, and finally displaying the output to the user. So in this way, I'm able to run two stage process. The first stage process is, is basically running a job on each of these nodes independently. And then I'm running the consolidated data on a different node where I pick up all the internal data and this way I'm able to get the total output. So this is the basic trap of Hadoop where we are able to store our data in a distributed way with the help of SGSL. So we are using SGSL to store our data which is kept on multiple different nodes on the right. And with the help of yarn and map and
guys uh, uh, we were talking about sdfs sdfs is responsible for for storing the data in a distributed way so that becomes your your backbone of the entire hadoop ecosystem so we use hadoop file system to store our data remember one thing in hadoop i cannot process my data until and unless i don't bring my data into the file system so that is a key to understand yeah and that is a basic difference between hadoop and spark because we will be also using another framework called spark in our system which do not use any data storage so during the session we'll be also understanding the different components of spark which is another tool or another framework in capacity but spark do not have a inbuilt storage mechanism it's a basically spark is a in memory storage is a in memory storage and a processing framework so saal se maine mangata hai we would be working on ye wala apna dev saal ho jata hai na saal dev sa badi wali bottle in memory you can say processing framework थोड़ा just now i explained you that we can run a select statement we can use hive as a tool as a as a layer on top of your map reduce it can help you to process by writing those structured queries you can also write scripting language using pick as a processing framework tool it allows us to write our code in a much simpler way there are many other tools like data ingestion tools like scoop and flume by which you can ingest data very easily if i want have tons of data on my rdbms or oracle database i can easily pull my data or that data very easily into sdfs therefore this scoop is a is a very powerful tool in hadoop by which you can ingest any structured data from any databases into your sdfs directly into sdfs and that too it is based on on parallel processing or parallel ingestion So I will not be pulling. I have billions of records on my databases. I will not be pulling all those records one by one. Rather, I would be using all those different, or you can say, parallel jobs to pull my data. And uh, Flume is an also another tool by which you can ingest your streaming data or or log data very easily into your SDFS. So we have, for example, if you want to connect to some uh, social media platform like Twitter. you can use flume as a as a agent which can connect to that source and we can ingest data from that source also into sdfs so these are different tools which are available by which we can connect and we can we can ingest data into sdfs and we also have a separate database for hadoop which is called hbase on the screen right you can see apache hbase now uh, that works like a no sql database
request the person who just joined to kindly be muted. Thank you. So we have a database in the terms of NoSQL database. Now there's a huge difference in the current database type of database we use and NoSQL database. So nowadays there's a there's a lot of popularity for such NoSQL databases. We have different NoSQL databases like we have MongoDB. We have Cassandra and even HBase. HBase is a much part of your Hadoop ecosystem, but if I were to use MongoDB in Cassandra, then I'm not dependent on, on Hadoop. I can create my own MongoDB cluster and I can store it and run it. For Cassandra also, it's very same. But if I were to use HBase as a NoSQL database, then I'm totally dependent on a Hadoop ecosystem because HBase files are internal solar. So these are your different databases. The importance of these databases are that these databases are the tables which you create in such databases are non And these tables are or these type of NoSQL databases are used wherever the your SQL databases are not fit for. So there are various examples nowadays we have like uh, we all understand that we are using Google search engine every day, almost every hour you can say, to search something. And why do we use Google? That's the one big question we should ask ourselves. That why are we using Google very often? The only simple reason I could find we are using Google because the response time for Google search engine is very quick. It does not take even a fraction of a second to give you the result output. And how it is possible? They have so much data with them. In spite of having so much data, they are able to uh, retrieve the output and send it to you, send it to the user easily. So they are basically relying on a NoSQL database, like NoSQL tables, like uh, you can say, uh, tables like you can say, they have their own table called Big Table. So when you use such tables and uh, they are able to retrieve the data much faster. So that is the idea here. How to retrieve data faster by using such different data. The main idea or main objective of NoSQL databases is to retrieve your data very quickly in the system. That is the main objective. So we will we'll be working on this database also. We'll understand how we can retrieve the data and how the data is stored in such database. Apart from that, we have separate mouth. Mouth will not be learning on, rather, we will be using a machine learning application from Spark. So Spark also has a MLlib libraries. So we can use Spark machine learning libraries. For that, we will be using that for machine learning. So we have MLlib or machine learning libraries where we can use them for machine learning. Concept. So we can create certain use cases for recommendations or for clustering, and uh, we can create certain models, take some data sets, and uh, try to achieve some output output from the the, the use case. So we can use machine learning in Spark ML. Uzi is an automated automated um, workflow system. So if we want to create an application or where we are running multiple jobs. I want to run one speed job and then highs and then speed job 
how we can handle uh, big data very easily by having such tools like Hadoop and Spark. Rather, I would say framework like Hadoop and Spark, not because Hadoop is not about one tool, it's about multiple tools put together into the system. Anyone has any queries? Sandeep, uh, one question I have. This is Adil here. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, you said uh, we have the storage in uh, the HDSS, right? Yeah. But uh, Spark does not use any storage, right? right? So how is that data pulled into Spark? Then if it is doesn't they connect have, to HDF? No, it can it can Spark can load data from anywhere. It has a lot of rich libraries. I can connect data. I can collect data from Oracle data. I can connect data from SDFS. I can take a local file system. I can use any remote. Uh, you can say data on cloud also. So it can okay. connect to all these different databases at runtime, and then it can put your data into the memory. But the only disadvantage is that I cannot store my data. It has to be connected at runtime. Thanks for answering. I got that. Vignesh has a query. Vignesh is asking, yes, I was testing there only MR and one. No, this is what I'm saying, Vignesh. I can also go for Spark. Yarn is a middle layer. Yarn is a middle layer where I can use, for example, now there are two separate frameworks. One is MapReduce framework. The other one is Spark framework. I can use both as separate frameworks. MapReduce has its own concept, and Spark has its own concept. So we are not we are not depending on one framework in today's scenario. So we are having some different frameworks which we can use in our process. So we'll understand. At the time of course, like what does MapReduce do, how the MapReduce process the data, and how does Spark process the data. Both are separate. But one can easily make out Spark is much faster than MapReduce. So the speed of Spark processing will be much faster compared to MapReduce. Because it is using in-memory storage memory process. So that is one big advantage we have with the spark. But secondly, uh, I can say the cost of uh, speed will be much higher compared to your MR plus. Because you have to move, you have to give a lot of uh, memory space to each of these modes. Data redundancy, since I cannot, I'm not storing my data in Spark, so there is no data redundancy, but we have a, a way to replicate the data. If I'm using any of the data during Spark processing, it has a lineage information in Spark. In Spark, by which I can recover or I can recreate that particular data. Because I'm not storing any data, so I know the, the the location from where the data has been read. So 
the time of reading the data i i'm i'm keeping that information in the in the master node in the master node or the driver node you can say because of that information i i can recreate that information i can recreate that split data but in mr we are having the the option of storing data so in sdfs we are replicating in sdfs we are replicating the data three times data is being replicated in three times in sdfs so that is the option so data is replicated three times so there are total three copies you can for every every file we create so in short if i want to upload 10 gb data on hadoop I'll be using 30 GB of cluster space. If I, I end up using two times of the total file size, and this is a default value. So you can bring down your default cluster from three to two or one, depending upon the importance of the file. So that that can be configurable for each file size. So that can be done. And by means of these points, no, no, they are not broken. They are maintained by some information, and that is in that information is called lineage information. So we are not physically breaking the file. And one thing important in Spark, we have a concept of lazy values. So that part also will be make you understand how the data gets physically. Loading the memory. Just because we are loading the data in the spark, it does not mean that physically loads the data. So there is a concept of lazy values. The data gets loaded much later during the action command. Not just we are loading the data in spark, the data gets loaded. That is not the way it works. Because otherwise, what happens is if you load the data, we are just transferring the memory. We are not performing any job. So when the final job gets executed, that time the data gets loaded. So that's one big concept, one big difference in Spark and Mapper. So we have a concept of lazy values. The data gets physically loaded in the memory only at runtime. Then you are running the final action job. Action job. Ah, DBA. There are a lot of opportunities for DBA. We are talking about such large clusters. Like when we talk about clusters, I believe we are talking about hundred thousand nodes, fifty thousand nodes clusters. So administrator is really a big opportunity for Hadoop and Spark. So it's a very huge opportunity for DBAs to work in Hadoop and Spark. So managing the cluster itself is a big challenge. All types of requirements are there for DBAs and for both. Both are equally weighted in Hadoop and Spark. Yeah. So welcome. Uh, thank you, Vinesh, for your talk. And uh, anyone, anyone has any more queries for the day? So I hope everybody enjoyed the session and understood the the brief concept here. Though we have not tried deep into much, but there was as a big picture.
able to make you understand what the thing is actually गूगल one data scientist is there and there are different other streams so can you please suggest like what is the actual map you are a pure database administrator yeah right and uh, how much skills you have in, uh, in developing like development you have in i have not like been in that field but yes i i i know uh, like little bit there of are two development there are two options either you can continue as an administrator of hadoop ecosystem or acha wo man ko address send nahi managing such different so you can work on ambari you can work on jkeeper that will be great so you can create a cluster you can manage clusters and uh, that itself is a very big challenging job So there are two types of jobs. One is for developer who would be writing all the code, depending upon the requirement, uh, depending on the project requirement. And the other person would be managing the cluster. Now, cluster management is a huge challenging. Where we will be finding a lot of uh, uh, unwanted exceptions coming up due to some reason. So that that smoothness of the cluster will be maintained by the way you maintain your database. Right. Okay. Same issues come up in Hadoop also, Hadoop and Spark. Because after all, we are not dealing with one machine. We are, we are dealing with hundreds and thousands of machines. So there will be a lot of networking issues, IP issues, some uh, some host issues. So all those issues will come up. Which you normally encounter in your database. Okay. So is there different terminology for uh, like uh, different streams, or it is just data scientist or? No, these are different. There are like hundreds of terminology. Data scientist is like the top most, the one who knows everything. The okay. word scientist itself means that you know everything. You are master of data. So you know how to handle data. You can read data. You can manipulate data. You can find the inner meaning of the data. So you can extract the juice out of the data, basically. But extracting juice means you can find out the real inside hidden meaning. What you can learn from the data. That these people are called data scientists. Okay. So they know how to manipulate and they know what to be done with the data. So that is like the topmost job. The topmost job you can. But there are many. Like we have data analysts. We have uh, data architects. We have data developers. Other developers, big data developers, administrators. So there are various other things which you can be connected to anytime. There are a lot of opportunities out there. All right. Yeah. All these jobs. Thank you. I think uh, yeah. you answered my question. Thanks. So much more than that. So guys, uh, I believe all of you are done with it. So can we turn? Are you there? Uh, yes. Yes, I am here. Thanks for watching the video. For full course, please visit www.igmguru.com and enroll today.